Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. He's so good. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Lift him up. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, tell him how good he is. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. God is good, amen. Why don't you turn around to your neighbor, tell him it's good to see him in church, and then you can be seated in the house of the Lord. everybody two quick things I want to say before we go to the word of the Lord number one I want to say thank you to all the men and women that came out helped us yesterday on our work day we planted over 132 shrubs spread 20 yards of mulch why don't you give everybody a big hand that came and volunteered <laughs> saved our church thousands of dollars in labor we appreciate that. It was a great, great, beautiful day for that. And then secondly, I want to remind every married couple, this Friday night and Saturday morning, we're having our marriage seminar uh, renew. It's free of charge. That sh a brief video clip that you saw uh, is, is part of it. This guy is fantastic. Please plan to be here Friday night, Saturday morning. If you have children age 0 to 3, we have free nursery provided. Uh, if not, if you can get a babysitter to go out to eat, you can get a babysitter to invest in your marriage. Can all the married couples say amen? Please plan to be here this Friday night. We're going to have a great, great time. And I'm just going to say this. There's nothing more important if you're married than investing in your marriage. Amen? And there's a lot of ways we do that. We go on vacations. We spend time together. We read books. But if you have the opportunity to go to a, a seminar that can help you grow your, your family, you, you've got to do it. So please, please be sure to be here this coming Friday night. Amen. All right, let's go to the word of the Lord. Welcome. If you're a guest here today, I've also, I met several people that this is your first time here. We just want you to know we're so glad you're at Life Church today. Amen. So glad you're here. Uh, if you're hot, fan yourself. If you're cold, it's November. Amen. <laughs> so here we go. We're in a sermon series right now called God's Top Ten. It's a study on the Ten Commandments and how they relate to our lives. And today we're beginning the second portion of the Ten Commandments. We're kind of in the middle of our series. And you may not realize this, but the first four commandments have to do with our vertical relationship with God. Our vertical relationship, one, you shall have no other gods before me. We preach the message called put God first. Secondly, the second command, don't make or worship idols. Avoid the fakes. Number three, don't take the, name, the Lord's name in vain, what's in a name. And then last week we talked about remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Those are the first four commandments. Now, the last six commandments have to do with our relationships with each other or their, their horizontal commandments. These are the ones... They kind of get down to where the rubber meets the road in all of our relationships. And these relational commands begin with today's command on how we treat our parents. Now, it's impossible to properly obey the last six commands until you've learned to obey the first four. Amen? You know, I find this often 
that a lot of times when people who don't serve the Lord or maybe they've just got a conflicted or troubled relationship with the Lord, they've got a lot of problems with other people in their life. And, uh, and often they find it really difficult to make the, the necessary relational changes. And really this shouldn't be a surprise to us because when you don't have an inner spiritual relationship with God and with God as your compass, it's really hard to navigate your external relationships in life, right? I think we understand that. So today we're going to command number five and how it applies to our lives. So if you have your Bible, go to Exodus chapter 20 and we're going to read in verse 12. And it says, honor your father and mother, then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. So today's message comes directly from that first sentence, and I want to preach on this subject, honor your father and mother, or honor your mother and father. Now, before I begin to discuss this commandment, obviously on the face of it, it seems to be applying to children, right? Now, so let me just first say a word uh, to parents. Why is it that God says, honor your father and your mother? Why does he say that to children? And by the way, every one of us are children. (laughs) We're all somebody's child, amen? Even if they're deceased, we're somebody's child. But why does God seem to be targeting children and their relationship to their parents here? The answer is because God invests in us as parents an awesome and incredible responsibility. Did you know that so far as God is concerned, parents really are representative of Him to our children. You are God's representative to your child. Now some parents might say, well I don't like that, I I, want to back out of that. You can't. You can't back out of that. God has appointed you to be his representative to your children, the children that you bore, and there is no way you can back out of that responsibility. And the ideal family unit is still, and I think I need to repeat this in 2019, out loud, in public, God's ideal family unit is still a mother, which is a woman, and a father, which is a man, who are married to each other, Despite, despite how bad society and divorce has tried to destroy that model. So let me just say this, and it's important, I think, as believers that we understand. Today, we've got to emphasize this point. People think it's bigoted, they think it's discriminatory, but that's God's design. That's God's decree, that's God's intent, that is God's plan. I believe we can say it lovingly, amen? I believe we ought to say it lovingly, amen. But let me just say this, believer, you need to stand for it firmly and not be scared to live and speak by God's plan. Yes, I understand there are widows and widowers. Yes, I understand there are separations and that there are divorces. I understand that we live in a fallen and an imperfect world. But ideally, everybody say ideally. A child should have a father and a mother that are not just together at conception, but they're still there for graduation. Amen? And and by the way, can I just say this? 
we don't got to be mean and ugly and rude about it either. You want to know one reason why some people are turned off to God's plan? They're turned off to God's people. But that's another message for another day. Amen? God's plan, the family, plays an enormously important role in society. It's to offer unconditional love and lifelong companionship to the members of the family. God's family, the family, your family, is to be the first church, the first school, the first hospital, the first government that our kids are exposed to. Amen? It's where children learn about their male and female identities. And if we ever need that to be taught, we need it to be taught today. Children need to learn how to communicate their ideas and their feelings. It starts in the family. They learn how to enjoy life and endure pain in the family. Family life should provide the safest parameters in which children discover what is acceptable and what is unacceptable. I haven't even talked about the command yet. I'm trying to help you understand why this command is there, why our roles are so as important as parents. The home is the principal place for spiritual and emotional and moral training. Our parents are our first teachers, and therefore, they deserve honor. They deserve honor. Even today, Kevin, can you give me just a smidgen more monitor, just a hair? Even today, when so many children are raised outside of a, a traditional two-parent, opposite-sex, married couple, it is possible for all of us to honor our parents no matter what their condition, no matter what their behavior was, no matter what our relationship to them was. Amen? Where there is God's will, there is always a way to obey it. So today as I preach, I want you to think in terms of who is your mother and father. Now, and it might not, it could be your biological parents, it probably is, but it may not just be that. It might be foster parents, it might be step-parents, it might be grandparents, it might be an adult who has helped shape you. But who is my mother and father, and then why do I need this command to honor my mother and father? So, let me talk to you about the why, and then we're going to talk to you about the how. Is that alright? So first of all, why did God give us this commandment? Here it is, number one, because respect begins in the home. Respect begins in the home. The home is the birthplace of a child's self-esteem, their view of themselves, respect for authority, their view of others, and their values, their view of God and life in general. God gave us the fifth commandment because he knew how easy it would be for us to develop a disrespectful attitude toward our parents. <laughs> As children, we all know we're basically selfish, we want everything to go our way, as teenagers, we think our parents are hopelessly out of date and behind the times. As young adults, we become consumed with responsibilities of work and marriage and our own families. As middle-aged adults, if we are not honorable, we can view the needs of our aging parents as burdens that infringe upon our hard-earned freedom. Come on, can I just be real with everybody today? But see, if you want to have a right relationship with God, you've got to have a right relationship with your parents. We are commanded to honor our parents because it's the best way to compensate for what can sometimes be a tension-filled parent-child relationship in which love sometimes feels like a challenge. Let's talk about the word honor. The word honor means to add weight. It's taken from uh, the ancient concept that something heavy was thought to be of greater value. All the big folks say hallelujah. Amen. 
Something heavy was of greater value. Amen. Here's what the issue here of honor is. It means to respect, to defer, to submit. It means to love and appreciate, to have affection for something. Honor begins internally, but it always manifests itself externally. Amen. So you can say you honor somebody, but it always shows up eventually on the outside. The fifth command is telling us we've got to value our parents. Jewish rabbis taught that parents are to be honored because they are partners with God. He's the author of life, but they cooperated with God by bringing you into the world. The bar for honor is not perfection either, because there's no such thing as perfect parents. Amen? Only God is a perfect parent. The rest of us have weaknesses and faults and inconsistencies. You know, even the best parents have made mistakes. They have sinned, and every child has sinned as well. Parents may mess up everything after our birth, but they are still worthy of honor as the source of our lives. It is possible, and I'm going to talk about this toward the end of my message, it is possible to honor unworthy parents. It is. I'm going to tell you how to do that today. Not only because God commands it, but it's for our own personal well-being as well. Now, not every family succeeds in providing a child with self-esteem and respect for authority and values. Some people fail miserably in these tasks. But the command still remains true, and we've got to obey it. We've got to honor our parents, even if they fall short of God's intention for their roles in our lives. The commandment does not mean honor your parents only if they're deserving. It does not mean honor only if your parents honor you in return. It does not mean honor only if your siblings also show them honor. It does not mean honor only if you feel good about doing it. Respect begins at home. That's the first reason why. Here's the second reason for this commandment. How I relate to my parents affects every other relationship I have. How I relate to my parents will affect every other relationship I have. Because it's the major forming factor in your life. Your style of relating to others is set while you're still living at home. Did you know that? Amen. Now you can tweak it, you can change it, you can improve it. But even today as an adult, when you act in ways that you don't understand and you can't figure out your behavior, a lot of times it's because some people are still reacting to their parents. They're still reacting to how they were raised. Most, now not all, but most of the people that I know who as adults still have issues with their parents, have issues with lots of other people too. You may not, you may not, it's the truth. If they're still having drama with their parents, they're usually having drama with everybody else. Many marriages have been ruined because a spouse has never resolved a relationship with a parent. And they start taking it out on their husband or their wife or their kids. You're just like my mom. You're just like your dad. <laughs> Surveys have shown that the people who get along with their parents have a lot less stress in their lives. So how you relate to your parents affects your other relationships. Third reason for this command is because according to the Bible, I like this one, it makes your life better. <laughs> it makes our life better. That's what the Bible says. So how many of you want to live a long life? How many of you want to live a better life? How many of you want to have your children live a longer life and for them to have a better life? How many of you want your grandchildren to live a long life and have a better life? Uh, the principle of honor looks a lot like the book of Proverbs. 
It's not a dot to dot. This guarantees that solution. But this is proverbial wisdom that those who will abide by those principles generally tend to have a lifestyle that kind of goes a certain direction and brings with it a blessing. Here are verses again, Exodus 20 and 12. That your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul quotes this command and he tells children, I want you to see it in the New Testament, Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. He says, children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord for this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. This is the first commandment with a promise. Here it is. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on the earth. Paul adds this neat little line. He says, it's the first commandment that comes with a promise and that promise is things are going to go good for you. You're going to have a long life. So the question that I want to answer today is, how do we do this? How can those of us who are children, who maybe still have parents that are alive, fulfill this commandment which God has staked out with clarity? How should I honor my parents? So now I've given you the, the why part. Let me give you the how part. First of all, as a child, I honor as a child. Now everybody say a child. I'm talking about a small child. As a child, I honor my parents by obey, obeying and respecting them. By obeying and respecting them. I know there's no children in here today. They're all upstairs. But I've got good news for you. My wife is teaching them this principle right now, even as I speak. <laughs> today, by the way, would be a great day for you to ask your kids, what did you learn about in Sunday school today? <laughs> honor my mother and father. Today would be a great day to ask them what they learned and how they plan to apply it. Amen. I saw a bumper sticker once said, honor your father and mother. They haven't written their wills yet. <laughs> but here's one for the parents. Be kind to your children. They're going to pick out your nursing home one day. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 1 from the Living Bible says this. Children, obey your parents. This is the right thing to do because, look, God has placed them in authority over you. The Bible teaches that as long as your parents are providing for you, you're to obey them. To do what they say willfully and pleasantly and immediately. Can I add, now the Bible doesn't say this, but can I add this? Regardless of your age, that does not change until you are out on your own. Amen? I told my girls all the time, Lauren's here, she can vouch for it. My house, my rules. Now, when you don't want your, my rules no more, you can get your own house. Amen. This isn't complicated. Amen. It wasn't being mean-spirited or egotistical. My house, my rules. I worked hard for this house. I already had to grow up in a house where my dad said, my house, my rules. So guess what? I broke out of that. Hallelujah. And now I've got my house with my rules. Amen. One part of the loving obligation of a parent is discipline. Amen. Now, the kids aren't in here. So parents, let me just remind you. Discipline your kids. It requires instruction, reinforcement, sometimes punishment. 
Even when children don't like their parents' discipline, the Bible says they're to obey. Let me give you some scriptures from Proverbs. Are you ready? Proverbs 13, 24. You might want to write these down in case you need to hold these over your kids' heads. Amen. Those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Proverbs 19, 18. Discipline your children while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their lives. Do you know what that means? It means if you don't discipline them while they're young, one day they're going to be a wreck. Because their boss will discipline them. It's called getting fired. Their school will discipline them. It's called getting kicked out. Their wife will discipline them. It's called getting a divorce. Proverbs 15 verse 5. Only a fool despises a parent's discipline. Whoever learns from correction is wise. Proverbs 15 and 5, they're wise. Now, I'm speaking here of children obeying them by their actions. The children are upstairs, thank the Lord. That's their responsibility. Now, let's talk about as a young person. Everybody say young people. I honor my parents by accepting and appreciating them. Now, by the way, this doesn't mean you eliminate the, uh, the, the obeying part. By the way. This is you're building on these steps. See, because the older you get the more you start to see the faults in your parents. Why? Because you're smarter, and number two, because you know everything. Ask any teenager. They know it all. Amen. Ask any young adult. They know it all. But hear me, teens, hear me, young adults. It's important for you to accept your parents in spite of their weaknesses. Why should you accept them? First of all, you're stuck with each other. They have been forced to accept you in spite of your weaknesses. You need to respect them in spite of their weaknesses. Because you have faults too. And the older you get, the more you realize it. Amen? All the adults who realize you're full of flaws, just raise your hand and say amen. Amen. Acceptance does not mean pretending that your parents are perfect and ignoring their mistakes or even agreeing with everything that they do. Acceptance is appreciating that God used my parents to bring me into the world. Amen. Realizing that regardless of their parenting skills, they gave me something nobody else could give me. The gift of life. And I'm going to talk about this next week in our next command on Thou Shalt Not Kill. But you, be, you, you need to just thank God that you're sitting here today, that your mom and your dad did not decide to abort you in a society that is killing millions of babies every year. Amen. They chose to give you life. They're worthy of honor just for that. Amen. Proverbs 19, verse 26, a son who mistreats his father or mother is a public disgrace. Proverbs 23 and 22, listen to your father who gave you life and don't despise your mother when she is old. we got to listen to what our parents have to say. Not despising their advice. Even when you reach an age where you're no longer bound by it. Did you hear that? Amen. Disagree without being disagreeable. Forgiving your parents for the times that they might have hurt you. Knowing that it, uh, it is a fact of life that we often hurt those that we love the most. Blaming your parents for all of your problems will only lead to bitterness. And bitterness just leads to self-destruction. It always hurts you more than the person that you're bitter against. Regardless of who your parents are and what they did or didn't do, you can least appreciate their effort and their sacrifice. 
Parenting is difficult. It is time demanding. It is an energy draining job. Have you ever considered how much easier your parents' life would have been if they wouldn't have had you? Because parenting is not easy and it's also not cheap. <laughs> it's expensive. Did you know when a couple chooses to have kids, they're choosing to go without a lot of things. I just read this, the latest statistic I could find. According to the U.S. Department of Agriculture, for a middle-income family to raise a child today from birth to age 18, not including college, is $233,610. Almost a quarter of a million dollars to raise a child from birth to age 18, and that does not include college. And now, can I give you something else that's not in the Bible, but it's just my opinion? Your parents don't owe you a college education. They don't owe you a college education. I, and the reason I'm saying this, I know a lot of young adults that act offended because their mom and dad can't afford to send them to college. Send yourself to college if you want to go to college, amen? Now, if they can help you, if they can help you, that's great. I was able to help my daughter Lauren, and she ended up getting a master's degree, and she is doing phenomenal. I helped my daughter Lindsay when she was in school. I'm glad I could help, but I told them right out the gate, I am not obligated to give you one penny towards your college education. So take the pressure off yourself, and anything you can do, it's a bonus. Hallelujah. Before cell phones with pictures came out, I used to have pics of my girls in my wallet, and I would pull them out and show people. And I used to, sometimes i pull my wallet out and say, yeah, this is where I carry pictures of my kids. This is where I used to carry money. Amen. <laughs> Before these beauties came into my life. Amen. There's four stages to every man's life. Number one, he believes in Santa Claus. Number two, he doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Number three, he becomes Santa Claus. And number four, he looks like Santa Claus. Amen. <laughs> So you got to appreciate him at every stage of Santa Claus. Obey with your actions. And you know what else you can do, young adults, teenagers? Obey with your attitude. We've all heard the story about the little boy who was told to sit down by his parents. But then when he got up later, he said, well, I'm sitting down, but in my heart, I'm standing up. Amen. That's the right action, but it's the wrong attitude. So how do you have a right attitude, first of all? with your parents, have an attitude of thanksgiving. Everybody say, be thankful. Be grateful. Your parents do a whole lot more for you than you can possibly remember or appreciate until you have your own kids. And then you will find out how much they do for you. I was hoping I could get through this. I just lost my dad a few months ago. Sorry. And that guy works so hard. I'm grateful. He taught me how to work hard. He taught me that lazy men ought to be ashamed of themselves. He put food on the table. He put wood in the wood stove when we didn't have enough money for oil for the heat. He did what he had to do. Was he perfect? No. But I'm grateful. 
And you need to be grateful for everything your parents have done. <laughs> so have an attitude of gratefulness. Have an attitude of honesty. Have an attitude of honesty. It's another way you can honor your parents. Parents appreciate more than you'll ever know that when you're speaking, you're speaking truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. You know, so many times what happens is young people develop these alter egos, these lives that parents don't even know about. You know, Mom, I'm going over to John's house. Well, John's house is just a 30-second stopover on your way to your real destination. You know, just be honest. You know, there's young people, they're living schizophrenic double lives. And they're developing a whole secret life of relationships and sins, independent of their parents' knowledge. And what a tragedy that is. You might say, well, man, my, my parents are so strict and they're so harsh and you know, they belong back in the days of Little House on the Prairie. Well, you know what? Maybe God knew that you needed parents like that to keep you out of evil. Who knows? Amen? And since we don't have the opportunity to choose our parents, God has placed us under their authority. And we got to rec recognize that they're accountable to God. So be honest with them. As an adult, I've talked about kids, young adults now. As an adult... How can I honor my parents? I honor them by affirming and not abandoning them. Honor your father and mother as an adult transitions from obedience to respect. I don't have to obey my parents anymore, but I have to respect them and honor them. You know, for a lot of parents, the older they get, the less respect they get. Think about it. All of their affirming friends start to die off. They're no longer wanted in the marketplace for their skills. Their children are busy with their own families, and that, that's God's plan. That's how it is. They're leading their own lives, and the parents get lonely, and they get isolated. Your parents, if they're still living, have a desperate need to know that they made a positive contribution to your life. They need affirmation, and God says that he wants you to affirm them for the rest of their lives. Amen. Because I'm going to tell you right now, all the flowers in the world at their funeral won't do them any good. Affirm them now. Proverbs 3.27 says, do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. Thank you, Jesus. You know, it's a tragedy in our society that busy families are abandoning their aged parents. Because <clears throat> your parents cared for you when you were dependent on them. And caring for them at the under, other end of the life cycle, the cycle of life, it's our responsibility. Now you may disagree with me, but let me just read to you what the Bible says. 1 Timothy 5, 3 and 4 says, Take care of any widow who has no one else to care for her. Now, you want to know who the no one else are? Read the next verse, verse 4. If she has children or grandchildren, their first responsibility is to show godliness at home and repay their parents by taking care of them. This is something that pleases God. Amen. 
Notice it says kids and grandkids should help take care of their parents and their grandparents if needed. Jesus demonstrated this powerfully in a story. Some of you may not have ever even noticed this little tidbit that's in your Bible. Right when he was about to be crucified, at John chapter 19, verse 26, I want you to look what happened. It says this, When Jesus saw his mother standing there beside the disciple that he loved, he said to her, Dear woman, here is your son. He wasn't talking about himself. He was pointing to John. Here is your son. And then he said to this disciple, Here is your mother. And from then on, don't miss this, the disciple took her into his home. Jesus, hanging on the cross, wanted to make sure his mama was going to be taken care of. He said, Mom, look, there's John. He's your boy now. John, you're my guy. This is your mother now. Jesus asked John to take on the responsibility for caring for, Jesus, for, for his mother. And guess what? He had brothers. What about James? He was the brother of Jesus. Why didn't Jesus just let James do it? Well, the Bible doesn't really tell us exactly why. But as far as we know, at that point, James had not yet accepted Jesus as the Messiah. So this tells me two things. Number one, as the elder brother, the care of, uh, of, of Mary was still at Jesus' feet. It was Jesus' responsibility. He wasn't about to leave it to others to decide who was going to take care of his mama, so he took care of it before he died. And number two, this ought to be a powerful testimony to us about the importance of faith and our considerations for our family. Some of us would put family first. Well, who's the richest brother? Who's the most well-off? Who's got the best chance? You know, blood being thicker. than No, no, no. Jesus said, who's going to provide for her spiritually? Who's going to make sure that her faith is supported? John wasn't family. John, most people don't even believe John was wealthy. Some people think that John was poor because he had spent the last three years of his life traveling around with Jesus, living off donations, amen? But Jesus was clearly more concerned with his mother's spiritual welfare than even her economic welfare. So that's something that I think we ought to think about. See, the assumption was... In the Bible times, they didn't have Social Security, by the way. <laughs> they didn't have retirement. They didn't have government safety nets that we have today. So as you got old, your kids needed to look after you. The assumption was your parents fed you, they housed you, they clothed you, they bathed you, they looked after you, they tended to you. So you were supposed to return that at the end of life. And you know what? Today we feel like it's the government's role to take care of our parents or our elderly. That's not what the Bible says, folks. The Bible says it's our role. It's our role to care for our parents, particularly the parents that have cared for us. You might say, well, does that mean Social Security or retirement or nursing homes or hospice is wrong? Of course not. Remember I told you last week about Sabbath? We ought to be thankful we live in a day and age where we only got to work a five-day-a-week work week. You ought to be thankful we live in a day and age where there are programs that can help take care of our elderly. I'm thankful for that. Amen? I'm not saying we should reject those things at all. But I am saying that children need to own it as our responsibility to love and care for our parents to the best of our ability in their old age. Today, so many people get neglected. Just make sure we're not neglecting our parents. 
even if you can't physically take care of them. If they have to be in a home, if they have to have uh, caregivers, that's okay. But love them, support them, don't forget about them. Somebody told me one time that, uh, that so many of the, and I don't know the statistics, so I'm not going to make them up, that so many of the people in nursing homes only get visited a couple times a year by family members. That's so sad. So sad. 1 Timothy 5 and 8, look at this. Anyone who won't care for his own relatives when they need help, especially his own family, has no right to say he is a Christian. Such a person is worse than the heathen. That's what the Bible says. That responsibility is to my parents. So we got to watch the way we treat our parents. Amen? God says honor them. Why? That it may be well with you. Now, let me answer the hardest question of all. How do we honor dishonorable fathers and mothers? For some of you, that's a real issue. A real issue. And, and can I just say this? As soon as I said honor, your walls went up. And I want to say I get that. I understand that. Not from personal experience, but I understand that. And I can appreciate that. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be hurting. And I'm not saying that you weren't done wrong. Your first thought might have been, nope, you do not know my mother. <laughs> you don't know my dad. You don't know what they said. You don't know what they did. You don't know what they failed to do. You don't know what they still do. You do not understand. You do not know. And your answer would be uh, correct. You're right. I don't know. And all of a sudden that hurt just begins to well up. And I'm not saying you shouldn't be hurt. But I'm going to say this kindly. The Bible doesn't give exception clauses for dishonorable parents. So how do we honor dishonorable parents? You're like, well, my parents are dishonorable. Why should I? You know, it's kind of like cheering for a criminal, right? It's like, you know, oh, man, I don't want to have to do this. They don't deserve it. Well, maybe they don't. What if your parents were abusive or neglectful or unworthy? Are you supposed to ignore that pain? Absolutely not. But God does say that we must honor the position of parenthood regardless of the personality behind it. Amen? Now, for some of you, this is going to be the hardest part of this entire Ten Commandments series because it's easy to honor parents that have been good, godly people. I'm going to just tell you right now, it's very easy for me to honor my dad and my mom. I don't have to think about it. I love them. They did the best job they could raising us as kids, and I thank you. And mom, I already know you're going to be listening to this on the app. I love you, and I am proud to be your son. Easy for me to honor them. But some of you are still carrying unfinished business with your parents. And just the thought of it brings tears to your eyes. You're still reacting to your parents. Maybe you're, you're still venting anger about them. But hear me, I don't want you to miss this because I want this to be for your benefit. If you are still reacting and you are still angry, they are still controlling your life. It takes a courageous decision to face the issue, but hear me, you're not going to be able to get on with your life fully until you can release that anger and you can release that bitterness. And if you can't talk to your parents about it because they're dead or maybe they're mentally unable to receive a conversation like that, I want to encourage you to talk to a Christian friend or at least a Christian counselor so you can get some partial, partial relief from this. Amen?
trying to help somebody here today. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I know I'm talking to somebody. God knows the pain you feel, and He can help you overcome it. He can even bring some good out of it if you will let Him. So let me just give you three quick points on how to honor dishonorable parents. Number one, give grace. Give grace. Give grace. They might have not done a very good job. Now, I'm, they might have done some bad things, but you got to give grace. And you know, some people, not everybody, but some people also have your ideas of what they should have done for you might be too idealistic. Might be a little unreasonable. Even if Jesus was some people's father, you know, they would say, well, I didn't like his beard. <laughs> you know, I didn't care for that. Some people find something wrong. So you know what we've got to do? We've got to give grace. The Bible says that it's a glory to overlook an offense. And some of us have to say, I'm going to have to extend some grace in this area of their life. Because you know what? Your parents are fallen sinners and they are flawed human beings. And sometimes they make some bad mistakes. So sometimes you have to grade on a curve. And you got to give some grace. Maybe they were not believers. Maybe they had it bad growing up. Maybe they were abused as children. And abused people tend to become abusers if they don't give that part of their life to the Lord. Maybe they didn't know how to be good parents. So you got to give grace. Number two, you got to give forgiveness. And this is to guard your heart from bitterness. If you don't forgive your parents, you're probably going to become like your parents. And let me explain it to you how. Let's say there's a root of sin in their life, and they sinned against you. And it's almost like they infected you, like when, like when somebody you get around somebody who's got the flu, and then they breathe on you, and you get it. And you know what? Forgiveness is how you are cleansed from that root of bitterness, from that infection. It's how you release that that toxic experience that's in your life. Because if you don't forgive, then the sin that lived in them now lives in you. And it's transmitted through bitterness. Have you ever seen somebody that absolutely hates their parents and then they grow up to become just like them? It's because they never forgave them. and They never dealt with the hurt and the pain. Forgiveness is saying, you know what? What you did was wrong. And justice for them, hear me, justice for your parents is either going to come at the cross where Jesus died for it, or it's going to come at the end at judgment when they stand before the Lord and they give an account for it. Hear me, the offense against you, either they're going to take it to the Lord and put it at His feet at the cross, or they're going to deal with it at judgment day. So you have to let it go you got to learn to forgive. And then the third thing is you give honor. Now, I know that sounds redundant, but let me explain. Sometimes that means when you can't say anything nice, you don't say anything at all. You just give honor. Well, can't say anything good. It's all bad, so I'm going to just keep it to myself, to my family, to my counselors, and that's okay. So how can you honor your mother and father when they were bad and absent and just whatever? Just be a better mother and father yourself. That's one way you can honor them, amen? 
It's one way you can honor them. Because you can learn a lot from their mistakes. Be a better mom or dad yourself. If your children grow up to be more godly than you, guess what? That's a way of them honoring you. So even if you've got a dishonorable mother or a dishonorable father, if by the grace of God you become a better person, a better husband, a better father, a better wife, a better mother, a better citizen, guess what? That is a way of honoring them. Amen. You know, one of the ways that they honor in the military, they've got a term called salute the uniform. Anybody in the military familiar with that term, salute the uniform? You know what it means? It means I don't really have to have a lot of respect for the person in the uniform, but i got to respect the uniform. And the reason you respect the uniform and you salute the uniform is because there are a lot of people that do wear the uniform honorably. So you honor the uniform. And if you don't honor the uniform, then you're dishonoring those who wear it honorably. I like to compare it to the presidency. I don't want to sound political. There's a lot of things that Donald Trump does that I think are dishonorable. But I honor the office of the President of the United States of America. There were things when Barack Obama was President that he did that I did not like and I thought they were dishonorable. But I honored the office of the President of the United States. I had conservative friends. By the way, I'm a conservative. I vote conservative. I make no bones about it. I don't hide it. But I had a lot of friends when, when Obama was the President said, he's not my President. I said, yes he is. Deal with it. He's your president, he got voted in by the people, and the office deserves respect. And the same goes true with our current president. So what am I trying to say? The office of parenthood deserves honor, even when individuals don't necessarily deserve it themselves. Does that make sense? I'm trying to help you today. Sometimes you got to separate what they did from their role. Even if it's hard to honor them, honor motherhood, honor fatherhood, salute the proverbial uniform, the rank of mother and the rank of father. I want the praise team to come. I want us all to stand. Now, to be honest, I could have... I could have did the, uh, the, the whole thing about honoring dishonorable people at the beginning and, and then ended this message on a high note where we all feel warm and fuzzy, right? I could have done that. But I feel like, and I didn't know how I was going to feel until this moment, but I feel like the Lord wants to heal some people here today. Amen? I feel like there needs to be healing in this house today. And I need, yeah, start playing softly. I can't remember what the altar song was, but switch to a slow song, okay? I believe there's some people that God wants to heal today. Now, I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm not asking you to expose all your business. But there's some of you, and I feel it in my heart, you're wounded and you're hurt. Some of you are legitimately, you are victims of abuse. And for your parent that either can't say it or won't say it, I want you to hear me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No child 
No child deserves that. No child deserves that. Some of you, you're, you're waiting. You've been waiting a long time for them to say they're sorry. They may never do it, and they may not get the opportunity. So I want to say I'm sorry for them. You were a victim. God wants to heal you. God wants to touch you. God wants to heal you. God wants to touch you. Some of you, if I'm really being honest, the word victim... It's a little bit too strong of a word. Some of you were just raised in a situation and it was a little less than ideal. And maybe you just didn't really appreciate the flaws and the inconsistencies of your parents as human beings until this moment. Can I tell you, some of you, your parents did the best they could with the limited knowledge and the limited grace that they had in their life. And I'm just going to, I want to ask you, just forgive them. Forgive them. You're here. You made it this far. You're in the house of the Lord. God is good in your life. Some of you, you weren't able to be raised. And you know what's staggering? This is actually the, the majority of children today. Are you ready for this? The majority of children are not being raised in that ideal picture that I painted for you today. Did you know that the majority of children being born today are being born to single mothers? They're not being raised in a traditional two-parent home. They're dealing with all kinds of issues of abandonment and hurt and dysfunction that many of us have never had to deal with. We need to ask God to heal and we need to ask God to come in and be your father be your father because he is a good good father worthy of honor worthy of love so and I'm gonna I want to ask this because I don't want anybody to feel embarrassed I'm just gonna ask everybody that can if you can physically step out of your chair and I want you to join those today that need healing, but maybe they're embarrassed to step out. So you come out with the entire crowd. Come on. You just step out from where you are. Because God wants to heal. God wants to heal. God wants to heal somebody today. Huh. Oh. My heart is breaking. For somebody in this room. Oh God. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh. Take the hand of somebody next to you. Either take them by the hand or just put your hand on their shoulder. Let's begin to pray and ask God to heal. Ask for God's healing touch to flow through this building. Come on, we're gonna just let the Holy Ghost have his way for a moment. Let's let the Spirit of God do what He came here to do. Oh, God, heal today. Come on, God brought some of you here for this moment today. God, heal today. Heal today. Don't sing yet, guys. Let's just pray. Heal today, Lord. Come on, pray for the people next to you. Pray for the people around you. Oh, God, heal today. 
That's it, church. Let's lift our voices. God, heal. Those that are in this room that were abused, God, I pray for you to heal them. I can't even comprehend what they've endured, God. I ask you to heal them. Give them the capacity in their heart to forgive. Give them the capacity in their heart to extend grace. Let them lay the pain and the hurt and the offense at your feet, Lord. That's it. That's it. That's it. God, you're our healer. You're our healer. You're our healer. You're our healer. Thank you, Jesus. I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room, God. Lord, I pray for them, God. Oh, we join together and we lift their burden before you, God. God, we lift their burden to you. Their hands are too weary to lift their hands. We lift it to you. We lift them up before you, God. Let healing virtue flow in this house. Let healing virtue flow in this Come on, folks, the Holy Ghost is at work right now. Let healing virtue flow in this house. Heal us today, God. Every victim of abuse, heal them today, Lord. Every victim of neglect, heal them today, Lord. Every person that feels abandoned by their, their birth parents, heal them today. Touch their hearts. Do what only you can do, God. 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 Heavenly Father, we invite you in. Give them the embrace that they wanted, that they deserved. Give them the embrace right now, Lord. Come on, family of God, body of Christ. We are his hands, we are his feet. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's it. Let God heal you right now. Let him heal you right now. I surrender to you. Come on, that's it. He's at work right now. He's at work right now. This is a divine moment for somebody. Don't miss this opportunity. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing. Yes, I give it to you, Jesus. Nothing. I give it to you, Jesus. I give it to you, Jesus. Nothing. 